Hi there, it's Tommy Alexander from UHD Hamburg and Scotland. You are listening to the Half Court Press podcast. Hi, my name's Sarah Jameson. I'm a Scotland hockey player and I play for Sonian's Hockey Club. This is the Half Court Press podcast. Hi guys, I'm Duncan Ruzak, a Scottish hockey umpire, and you're listening to the Half Court Press podcast. Hi, I'm Amy Gibson. I play for Der Club and Der Alster in Hamburg, and you're listening to the Half Court Press podcast. Three Games of Hockey is the 16th season of the Half Court Press podcast. In this series, Taylor McLeod talks to a variety of hockey players about three matches that have been particularly important to them in their lives and careers. Hi, this is Greg McKenzie of Inverleith and the Scotland Senior Indoor Team and you are listening to the Half Court Press with Taylor McLeod. And welcome back to the Half Court Press podcast. You join us with our series, Three Games of Hockey. We are chatting today with the former superstar goalkeeper of the Edinburgh College hockey team, <laughs> current Inverleaf men's goalkeeper, and newly capped Scotland indoor goalie, who was part of the Irish tour, Greg McKenzie. Hey, Greg. Hey, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing not too bad. Enjoying some time off work. So, Greg, can you tell us a bit about yourself? As you are a newly kept international, many people won't know your background or your history. Can you give us a little introduction to yourself, please? Yeah, of course. So, uh, my name's obviously Greg. I'm 26. I am from Pennycook and I currently stay in Pennycook, so just south of Edinburgh. Uh, of course, play for Inverleith now. I did play for, so I'm relatively unknown. Played like Scotland under 16 stuff and that, but kind of didn't play any youth international stuff or district stuff. So relatively unknown, I would say. Used to play for my old club, Eskvale, that's based at kind of, they were based at Dalkeith, but they're currently now based at Lasswade High School. So played there for five years from 14 to 19 and then at the age of 19 I went to college so played at college and also joined Inverleith where I still am now seven years later just enjoying it there really it's good it's fun really good people a lot of good players as well past present and I'm lucky enough that I'm getting to witness some of the future players as well that are going to go on and do great things so yeah no that's a little bit about me there. Um, I play for the twos outdoor and I play ones indoor. So again, a little bit more unknown because most people don't see me from particularly at the, like for indoor. Most people won't see me playing week in, week out because I'm not playing for our ones. I'm fortunate enough that we've got a very, very good goalkeeper who's only 20 years old, Matthew Taylor, who also came with us to Ireland in December. Uh, so got his first senior caps as well. So it was great to see that for him as well. And are definitely a star for the future, in my opinion. So yeah, a lot of people don't really notice me until I play indoor. Uh, then we go into indoor and I excel a little bit more. I think I'm just a bit more naturally gifted for that game, if I'm being honest. But yeah, that that's about it. I've literally I've just played there in December for Scotland for the first time, which was it was great. A lot of good players. It was a very young squad. Despite the fact that I was the first time I was playing for them, I was the second oldest. And when you think I'm only 26, that, that's 
really good for us, if I'm being honest, like for Scotland. So this was the three-match test series against Ireland, in Ireland, uh, yeah. for Scotland. I think it was a it was a it was a very inexperienced side, wasn't it? That went across. I think both teams were playing about, experimenting with players and lineups, weren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of players, a lot of good players, both teams. But I think yeah, I think it showed promise for for Scotland, especially with uh, something like six under twenty ones players, and then on top of that, players like myself getting first caps as well. So yeah, I think it's I think it was really really good. A few of them playing in Germany, and the rest, one playing down south, and the rest all playing in Scotland. So it was really good, really good to see. Now, of course, this was the indoor series that was streamed on YouTube. Games are still available online, I believe. Yep, they are. I I saw a couple of those matches. Cameron Golden, Cammy Golden, he was scoring all the goals, wasn't he? Uh, I was both of them, both of them. Uh, it was my first experience getting to play alongside them. Normally, obviously, having to play against them, playing indoor. Golden uh, and who was it? Who was it? It was there? Jamie, Jamie Golden as well. Jamie and Cami. I, I will definitely say I prefer playing with them than against them. If I'm being honest, it was that Jamie told me before one of the games. I only shoot for top corners. Um, and he doesn't disappoint. He scored some fantastic goals. I think he scored nine, and I think Cammy scored something like six across three games. Yeah, definitely bring bring a lot of excitement going forward. So just to recap, you are playing second team outdoor for in relief, first team indoor for in relief. You are yeah. one of the runners and riders for the Scottish indoor goalkeeping slot. Recently capped, I believe that you are also a coach. I coach a lot of it. So currently I'm the assistant coach alongside Sean Stewart uh, for our ladies ones indoor team. The Inverleith. Um, yeah, just the Inverleith. So coaching in the national one indoor league, which is good fun. I tried to coach as much as I can, but unfortunately my job being shifts and stuff, I struggle to commit to my own training sessions and my own games and stuff that I can't commit to a little bit more to coaching. Liz Pettigrew, who's someone from Inverleith, she'd asked me a few years ago. So I helped her coach the Scotland over 60s ladies team. And then I've also went back when I was 19, just after I left my old club, they'd asked me to coach them as well. So coached them for a year, then wanted to focus on kind of my playing a bit more. Is that Esquire, was it? Yeah, just at Esquire. So coached the men's team for a year, for a season. And then... Focused on myself for kind of six months and then they'd asked me to come back and coach. So coach for the second half of the season, coach their men's and ladies team at the time. So yeah, it was good. And then just try and coach where, when and where I can, if I'm being honest. Try not to commit too much to coaching just because it's not great if, like, through work, not being able to commit to stuff. So try not to, like, let people down and stuff best I can. So definitely, especially when it goes back to playing as well, I have to move a lot of things around to play indoor, but it's a little bit easier doing it for kind of five or six weeks as opposed to trying to do it for months playing outdoor as well. What are the similarities and differences between indoor and outdoor hockey? What, what do you like about both? So I'm, uh, I'll, I'll openly accept. So I like indoor because it's a lot quicker. I'm involved a lot more. I am the goalkeeper that stands in the goal and gets very bored 
playing outdoor. Uh, I remember a season where I played for Eskvale where the entire season I sat on the backboard because I didn't really have anything to do, which I find a bit boring and stuff. So where indoor, it's just constant. It doesn't matter how good one team is and how poor another team is. Like You're still going to have to make saves. You've still got to be involved. You've still got to be ready. And I enjoy that a lot more. So what have been your achievements in hockey? What, what have been the ups and the, and the highs? Uh, well, obviously, probably quite up there for the high. Definitely probably at the top. It's just getting to play there for Scotland. Hopefully it's the start of something for me. Other things I've done is I've, I've won two indoor national titles with Inverleith, went to the Euros in Oslo, currently working around COVID just now for the Euros that are coming up for Slovenia. Despite the fact that it was near, what, two years ago, we're still technically the reigning champions in indoor, so we've got the Euros coming up. So, uh, EHF club Euros. Yeah, yeah, so we'll be off to Slovenia to compete there. So, yeah... That's probably it for me, if I'm being honest. I, like I said, I'm a bit relatively unknown. Play at kind of lower levels outdoor and stuff. Not a good level, but uh, yeah. Well, you're on the Half Court Press podcast now, Greg. So you, you'll be you'll be internationally renowned after this. That's it. It's big time now. Big time. <laughs> The Half Court Press is now on Patreon. Patreon is a well-known and trusted online platform that allows our fans to support the sports journalism that we create. We offer a tiered subscription plan with more content being made available to our fans who choose to spend a bit more each month. We at the Half Court Press would appreciate any and all support that you wish to contribute towards our articles, podcasts and interviews. So, in this series, we are talking about three Pacific games of hockey. That mean the last or, some, or are special in the, in the heart of the hockey personalities on the show. Today, Greg McKenzie of Inverleaf Hockey Club and Scotland is talking about his favourite game of hockey as a player, his favourite game of hockey as a coach and his favourite game of hockey as a fan. So to begin with, Greg, can you give us a bit of background about your first game, your favourite game of hockey as a player? I actually found this one quite hard. So I had to keep reminding myself it's my favourite game. I've got a number of memorable games, some for good reasons, some for not so good reasons. Being there for highs and lows moments for Inverleith as well. I was part of a team that was relegated from National 1 for the first time for Inverleith. Stuff like that, being part of teams that have won titles and indoor and stuff, obviously being lucky enough for being there as well. Unfortunately, all three of my games will be very much indoor and Inverleith based. Um, but so I think one for me, my, my favourite game as a player would have been playing my first season in indoor when I was 22. The last actual league game, so just before the semi-finals, it was a game against Grange, so a bit of an Edinburgh derby. 
Yeah, so that was, again, last game before the semi-finals. Uh, we'd already secured a semi-final spot, which was really, really good for us. So that game, we were using a lot of rotation. So everyone was getting a lot of game time, getting kind of ready for the second game of the day as well, which was going to be against Dundee Wanderers in the semi-final. So as much as the game in terms of a semi-final didn't really matter, it's great so you still want to beat them. It's not a nothing game. And they are a very good team, both indoor and outdoor. A lot of good players as well. So it was really important for us uh, to get the win. So, yeah, it was a game against them. It was, as a team, not our best performance. However, myself, I think, in my opinion, that was the best game I've ever played. It was very much all Grange the whole way. We were poor. We had moments of playing very good indoor hockey, but yeah, for the most part, it was it was Grange attacking. One of the stats that was taken by our manager was I made over 30 saves in the game. So it showed a lot of their dominance and stuff. We ended up winning 5-1. So a very good result, but the result did not show how good they actually were in that game. It was It was very tough. Lots of saves, lots of short corners. They had lots of good players playing for them. Yeah, it was it was really special to me just because I think it was that moment. So going into that season, my first season in indoor, following up one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen in Alan Dick, who was before me. Yeah, I felt like there was a lot of pressure for me that season to, to come in and perform. I played for the twos. I had a really good season for the twos that year. But coming in, there was a little bit more pressure. I specifically remember my first game playing that season where my coach took me to the side and he'd said that I'd played really well for the, the season before. That was why he didn't feel like he needed to go and get another keeper. So he just needed me to go and perform how I'd performed that season. It's nice to have that confidence boost, isn't it, from a, from a coach? Well, that's it. Yeah, it was really good. Like He talked to us before every single game, which I really appreciate and I really like. But yeah, like it was that thing of, you know, I'd seen Alan play. Alan was fantastic. Very rarely saw Alan make any mistakes in indoor. And actually, Alan went that season. So Alan didn't play for us and he didn't play at all indoor, but he still went with the Scotland team to the Euros, which just shows how good he is. So, yeah, that that was a big season for myself. It was a very young Inverleith team as well. Again, that season, I think I was I think I was the fourth oldest and I was 22 years old. And then that game kind of, I think the whole season for me, it all kind of came together for me in that one game where I got to make so many saves. It kind of gave the team a lot of confidence as well because I remember coming off the game and Stu talking to us in the team meeting saying, that everybody needed to find that next gear because it wasn't good enough. And I actually turned to one of my teammates, Murray, and I, I, I laughed and I, and I looked at Murray and I just went, like, so serious and just went, Murray, I don't think I've got another gear. And Murray turned, looked me dead in the eyes, and he, he just was like, are you serious? You don't need another gear. What you've just done is more than what we need. So it was good. It was actually quite good to hear that because at the time I didn't really think about how well I just played. 
it wasn't until kind of after where I kind of realised actually, yeah, that was a really good game from me. Looking back at on on it, looking at the different saves, I th- what was it? It was a uh, one of the one of my teammates' mums came over and was speaking to me. Actually, you you'll know Paul Taylor. It was their mum and dad came over. Robin is a goalie coach of mine when I was younger. He's the man that I'll try and kind of please because he'll never tell me I played well. He always tell me what I did wrong, no matter what happens in the game, which I do. I do like and I do appreciate because I myself am very much like that. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's always what you could do better. And Sandra, their mum, said to me that I did the splits three times in the space of five seconds to make saves. And uh, yeah, it was just like the, the different saves that I made as well, like going through my head thinking like I was doing the splits and making saves. I was diving across, making diving saves. I was My basics were really well, really good that game. Uh, positioning was very good. Yeah, uh, as much as I conceded one goal, I think I had to kind of give it to them. It was a 3v1, so did my best. It took them a little bit longer to score in a 3v1 than they probably would have liked. But yeah, it just was it was really good and it was really important as well, just because actually had I not played that well, we we probably could have and should have lost the Grange, which wouldn't have been good for us going into the semi-final against Dundee Wanderers, which in itself is a very hard game. They're a very good indoor team. They know how to play indoor really well. They've got at that time they had really good players in Elliot Sanderson and in fact both the Sanderson brothers were playing at that point goal scorer of Bobby Ralph he, he knows how to put a ball in the goal a difficult player to play against so it was really important that we got that win we got that push and that little bit of confidence because we've just played a really good team and we're about to go on and play another really good team and uh, yeah that that next game we only won like 4-3 or something and it went down to the, the wire where uh, it ended up being that that semi-final was they got a short corner after the buzzer and uh, it was 4-3 to us and we ran down that short corner and yeah, that was it. We put our place in the final that year. So it was really good. It was really important, that kind of Grange game, as much as it was the last league game and it, if we lost, we were still in a semi-final. It gave us that confidence to go on and play against Wanderers, beat Wanderers and then set us up for a game against a very, very strong Kelburn team in the final. And yeah, we went on and we won that game as well. So it was important for us to to win that game. I think that season, season started off very slow with a very young team. So we played, what was it, three games in the first day and we played three other top teams in the league with Grange, Minnes Hill and Kelburn in that first day. And uh, I think we lost two games and won one game that day. And then we went on a nine-game winning streak, which was fantastic. So I'd definitely say that's that's the game that sticks in my head the most as a player. Just just that moment, like thinking back, that everything just came together, everything just kind of made sense. I knew exactly what I was doing. I was given the confidence from my coach to go on and do what I did. And what I was doing then gave confidence to the team to know that we could still win something and win a game in a in such a fashion where it was five one. But actually, you know what? It wasn't a five one game. It was a very much it should have probably been a 
five four six four kind of game. So aside from the, a positive result from a hard game and the prompt towards winning winning the Scottish Indoor Championships, yeah, is it as much about as a young goalkeeper thinking to yourself, I can play at this level? I think for me it was that one as a as a confidence builder. So I, I'm someone that goes through and I'll pick out the fault of a game as opposed to something that I did well. Obviously, I still made mistakes in that game and there were still little bits that happened. But as a whole, I really felt like that was the kind of game where I probably made the fewest mistakes myself. And that really gave me the confidence of, like, I played well all season, played well. People had said that I'd been really good. And that one, I think that was the game that kind of I proved to myself and showed myself that I was good and that I deserved to be at that level. Something that actually, again, it was very much a confidence thing. And it was something that I look back to when I was 19 and it was a game that I played that, well, a couple of games that I ended up playing outdoor at the age of 19 for Inverleith where we got relegated. And I, at that point, I questioned myself whether I was good enough to play at that level. Like, beat myself up quite a lot about that. Like, I played half a season for our ones in National One that season. We got relegated, which was a massive blow for the club. The season before, they'd been in the Scottish Cup final and now we were getting relegated. Uh, and really, I think that game against Grange kind of showed to me that I, I deserved to be there and I deserved to play at that level. And again, like some of the compliments that I got after final as well remember Hatton on our way we were on a coach on the way back to Edinburgh and Jim Hatton said to me that our club doesn't have indoor doesn't have a reputation of having good goalkeepers in indoor we've got a reputation of having great goalkeepers in indoor and he'd said that I, I was continuing that which, which meant a lot at the time and yeah, kind of, kind of gave me a bit of validation. That I did deserve to be there. How important is is that mindset for a goalie? I remember talking to, to Tommy Alexander, the senior Scottish goalkeeper, and him mentioning that how hard he is on, on himself when playing. But that surely that is also tied with a confidence. Mine has to be sort of a fortress as a goalie because a mistake, if you play well, no one notices. If you play badly, everyone notices. Well, that's it. I think I think it can be both a good thing and a bad thing, though, because when you overanalyze yourself and you think about things that you, you've done, it can be good because you can see what you need to improve on. But when you're when you're really hard on yourself, which I have been at points, it really plays on you. And then you go into the next game where you don't feel confident and you you're almost waiting for that mistake to happen, which isn't good in any level at all. And and sometimes it, just relaxing and stepping away from that kind of mindset can be really good. It's something that I unfortunately only learned kind of later on or sort of more closer to just now. Like, I think I've only kind of learned that one from probably, I think I was about 24 when I kind of learned that that sometimes you can be over-analytic and you can be too hard on yourself. Obviously, you need to be able to analyse your performance, but you also do need to recognise when you've done something well. 
it's actually something that it was a uh, Sean, Sean Stewart and I who play both play for Inverleith indoor and outdoor. Uh, we're really good friends off the court, on the pitch, everything. And actually it's something his girlfriend points out about both of us is that we're very, very hard on ourselves and Stella makes our makes us tell her before we start every game, makes us look at her and makes us tell her that, that we're awesome so that we go in with a kind of positive outlook and a positive mindset for us. And uh, yeah, I think just have confidence in what you can do. Like analyse the game after, but don't go in like I have done and almost you're waiting to make a mistake like you're expecting to make the mistake like you're waiting for it to happen and then I'm very bad that like I can see a goal and then I'm still thinking about that goal despite the fact the game's moving on just kind of shut it off move on goals happen it was something that that was when I I, I kind of set that mindset when I was about 23 was goals happen it's part of the game don't worry, like, don't beat yourself up because you've conceded. Like, just move on, get on to the next one so that the next one doesn't go in. In terms of club hockey more broadly, the game you're talking about was a club match. Yes. How can we improve club hockey in Scotland? I don't know. I've put a lot of thought to that. I think a lot of people have a lot of different views and stuff for it. I'm someone that, like... I'll hear a lot of different ideas and, and I'll agree with some, maybe disagree with others, but in terms of myself, like I think it's, it's something that I've not really myself put too much of my own thoughts into. I think when you're there in the heat of the moment when you're playing as a as as a player, like I sometimes think like I feel very sorry for umpires at times. Not so much because they're doing anything wrong, but some of the instructions can be quite confusing. Like I remember even started this season, two umpires had a very different view on I can't remember what the what what happened, but two umpires had a very different view on one of the rules. And it was one of these where like there'd been a goal, but it was whether it should be a goal or a, or not a goal. And it was actually kind of one of the newer things that had come in. I think Scottish hockey maybe needs to for club hockey to get better, I think they need to support their umpires a little bit better whether it be through educating or whether it be through like just giving them a little bit more support if I'm being honest like I feel sometimes the umpires can be kind of a little bit left tongue out to dry because they'll get criticised by players or or clubs for for a mistake but actually it's not necessarily they've got it wrong it's the information they're getting given isn't clear Keely Dunn of FH Umpires, who is the former international standards from the Canadian Federation. She talks a lot about roles in the rule book. She trained as a lawyer as well, so she can look at it with a specific eye as well. And apparently we have, more so than in football, we have a broader context in hockey for interpretation. Yeah, we do, of course we do. Don't get me wrong. We've got some fantastic umpires like Duncan Rosick, I think, is a really good umpire, top umpire. Sarah, she umpired one of our semi-finals, and I remember coming off the court thinking that she's the best umpire I'd ever seen, to be honest. Which obviously she's gone on and umpired Olympic finals and stuff. Like we we do have very good umpires, but it can be so open to interpretation, like you said. 
is that Sarah Wilson of the yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. FIH Olympic panel level umpire. Yeah, and I think that's it. Like It shows that we've got good umpires. Like They've gone to that level and stuff. I remember George Guy was really good and he was really good at helping umpires and, and kind of giving clear instructions and clear help and stuff to those umpires. I just think just now from what I've seen is there isn't as much as there was. It's a very hard thing. Like uh, it's something that as a, as a player and as a goalkeeper, like I I hate seeing people like crowding the umpires. I hate as, as much as I've been in those moments where you like you've had a go at an umpire. Like I'm very much someone that's like just just send one person have a conversation. They've made their decision. Like let's go. Like let's move on. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but I do think umpires take a lot of heat in Scottish hockey, and I think they deserve a little bit more support. You mentioned Duncan Ruzzock earlier on. For more on Duncan Ruzzock, check out the Half Court Press podcast, Whistleblowers, Umpiring Special, as well as Hockey Dream Team. He was on with Keely Dunn. The Half Court Press is on social media. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Game two, your favourite game of hockey as a coach. What's the background to this match? So, this might shock you, it's coaching in Verleith. Um, <laughs> indoor, uh, Lohi Days 1s, just with Sean. It's a very recent memory, but it was a very, very good one for me. Our Ladies 1s indoor, Sean and I took over just this season. Obviously very hard as it is with COVID and everything going on. So a lot of it's been, will it happen, won't it happen type situation. But yeah, just going in, shutting all that out and getting on with the training and, and the games and stuff and bringing a little bit, something different for the women and kind of getting what, what we're looking for across. And um, for us, is the ladies were doing really well. Like they were taking on board everything we were asking. They were playing exactly how we wanted them to play. And just unfortunately, the results weren't coming. We went toe to toe with Clydesdale Western, who are the current champions. And it took them to the final quarter to, to beat us 2 1, which was a great result for us. But yeah, unfortunately, you lose and it can become quite difficult because you're thinking, at the time, you're like, we've just lost this game. It's frustrating. It's it's hard. However, th- they are the current champions. They're one of the top teams in Scotland, and they've only managed to beat us 2-1, and it took them to the final quarter to get there. And then, again, we played Watsonians later on. Their ladies' team, again, they only beat us 3-1. That's another really top team. But it was just that moment where, like, game after game, we were just losing... The girls were doing everything right. It was just the results weren't coming. And um, for me, the game that I, my favourite game as a coach was, was our one against Dundee Wanderers, who are a fantastic, fantastic indoor team, particularly in the ladies' side. Countless amounts of titles that they've won. Easily the strongest indoor setup in the ladies' side, in my opinion. They've got a lot of good players this season they've got a lot of younger players but they do have really really good players in there as well it's Becky Wall so, captain still playing yeah we were, we were playing against them and it was very much kind of it was both ways like either team could win it they took the lead we brought it back to 1-1 they took the lead again 
we brought it back to 2-2 and then we got that final goal to make it 3-2 and it, it went the whole way so like as a coach it was nail biting because you're, you're literally watching the girls they're doing everything you ask of them playing really well Wanderers are playing really well they've again they're a fantastic indoor team they know exactly what they're doing they've got experience within their team as players but also an experienced coaching team with Vicky Bunce both coaching and playing there and yeah like it was really good and we, we got the win uh, and there was a specific moment I remember sitting so I had unfortunately missed the earlier games because I'd been working and I drove up for the last game I caught the end of the Watsonians game and I was there for all the Wanderers game and I, and I remember sitting there and there was kind of a few minutes to go and I, I turned to one of our players KD who as she puts it she's actually the longest member for Inverleith in the ladies one indoor team and I just remember like saying to her like oh what are you thinking and, and again she was at that point where she was kind of like it's really really close it could go either way I really hope that we win type situation and I was like okay interesting that that's what you're kind of thinking at the time and like she was sat next to me and the game was getting closer and we got that third goal every time we scored we were up off the bench shouting, clapping, cheering, really getting behind the girls, really giving that kind of positive atmosphere for it. And then it was just getting closer and closer to that final kind of buzzer and whistle for the end of the game. And uh, I remember KD kind of like that thing where it's like when you're getting to that point where it's like that moment of just being happy and being excited, knowing that something's go like it's very close to happening, but it's not yet happened. And I remember just kind of grabbing my jumper and like starting to like squeeze it and like rip into my arm. <laughs> I was doing it like the same, like grabbing, holding, like pulling the t-shirt. We were just like both like waiting for that final buzzer, that final moment of like we win. And and it went, uh, and all of us off the bench screaming, cheering, like it was huge. It was it was the first one of the season that was really important for us. Kind of felt like that validation for the girls that actually what we're doing is the right things. We're playing really well. And like that first win where it was like just that release, it was there. That win was going to happen. It was just it, at points that just felt like it wasn't going to. And it was a big win. It was first win of the season, obviously. And it was against such a good team. Everyone was really, really happy. We came off. We had that kind of debrief and everything. And then it was actually after it as well in their group chat, we're kind of setting a little bit more for how much it meant for them. Uh, they said that they think that that's the first time Inverleith's ever beaten Dundee Wanderers indoor. They were reminiscing about games past against Wanderers where Wanderers had beaten Inverleith 20 goals to one. Then the next season, it was 11 goals to one. And like they were just talking about those games and actually, you know, We've been chipping and chipping and chipping away at getting there. And that, that was that moment for them. And it was really, really good. Like, we had players that played in those games, like KD, Vicky, our goalkeeper, played in those games. And it, it was really good for, for us as a team for the season. But for them, like, from coming from that place where they were nowhere near Dundee Wanderers, and now we've managed to beat them. And it was really good to see that them like the excitement and the joy of, of the win, really important for the season, really important going forward for our for that season. But 
for them as well to to know that that we are going in the right direction, we are improving, and to finally get that that first win against a team that is fantastic indoor. So yeah, that for me as a coach, that it was that kind of moment, getting that that first one of the season, but also a win against a team that that we've not beaten before. I suppose that justification from progression, from a work rate and uh, commitment is is really important in terms of psychology and mentality and uh, a reward for the work. But that the the progression in elite level sports is something that is quite often forgotten about. Yeah. I think especially from a coaching point of view, our egos can get tied up far too much with results. Yeah. As a coach, where do you do most of your work? Is it on the training pitch or during the game? I think it depends. So for me, myself in that kind of setup, I don't get to go to many of the games. So that was actually kind of the first full game I got to see with the girls and help coach with them. So it's just on the in training where I do a lot of the work but again I was, I'm was i only the assistant coach for these Sean is the one that comes up with the, the coaching plan and the game plans and everything he was doing absolutely brilliant as he says he brought me in just to kind of keep him right but me the way I kind of like coaching is I'll have individual conversations with players as to maybe something they could change on how to like Play, like they've maybe done something wrong I'll be like right why don't you try this or have a look at this and that like Sean can kind of oversee the actual training session but I think I think it's really good again both as a player and as a coach to, to kind of have have those one-to-one kind of moments like it can be sometimes actually you know what it's something to improve or maybe it's not anything you need to improve on it it's sometimes just oh, that was really good that's exactly what we're looking for and have that kind of conversation with them. Or it can be the, oh, why don't you try this instead? Or that didn't really work. Here's why it didn't work. But if you did it two seconds earlier or two steps earlier, then it would be totally fine. And yeah, actually, it's something that as a player as well, like that's something I get from my coaching indoor from Stu is, is that one-to-one before the game, every game he has that conversation. And as a goalkeeper, I to the goalkeepers a little bit more as well about little things that Sean and I had seen from Dundee Wanderers previous game to some things that we maybe want them to look at individually and, and things like that so I take a little bit more of a role with the goalkeepers and again that is something that's really important and I do actually think it's a little bit lost with most clubs that I've seen and is actually something that Inverleith Outdoors brought in which is actually a, a goalie coach, which I hadn't worked with a goalie coach since I was 17. And we brought in one this year, Mitch, who works with myself and Matty. I've noticed a massive difference in my game. And for me, it was nothing necessarily that physically was changing. It was more mentally which is what I also then try to take indoor when when I'm working with our goalkeepers. I know Vicky's very much a goalkeeper that is confidence-based kind of goalkeeping like myself. She can be very hard on herself. However, she is very, very good. And then we had a new goalkeeper join us, Heather, Heather Elder, who again is a really good goalkeeper. Both play different styles, but again, it was my conversation with Heather was 
a lot more around you play a different style but what you then need to do is help communicate with your teammates because they're not sure what to do or how to play with your style where if you talk them through exactly what you want them to do it'll be a lot more comfortable and uh, yeah I feel like the, that they're getting there but yeah I think as a coach it's just having those kind of one-to-one conversations with your players so that they know they're doing the right things or how they can improve because as a player there's nothing worse when it's that was rubbish you've done that wrong but there's no well what 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 do you want me to do next time or how can I improve it like you just get told that it, it wasn't good enough or it was wrong and really for players that are, are trying to get into a ones team or a twos team even a threes team like you need to know what to improve on to, to make that jump to the next level and I think as as a coach it's something that is really important is clear line of communication for everyone on how they can improve so in terms of on the training pitch or the training court you sound like quite a quite keen to be communicating a lot with your players and have a mental mindset as well during the game how can a coach affect the game unlike a player I think a lot of the time a coach can set the tone for the team if a coach is really particularly in a time like that game where as I said it was was really nail-biting at points but remaining relaxed like when the players are coming off and going back on and stuff like if you're relaxed they're going to go in more relaxed and they won't be up tense or up tight and Sometimes when you are, or a lot of the time I feel, when you are going onto court or onto the pitch and you feel the kind of tense atmosphere, you go on and it's that similar thing of like you make the mistake, you then focus on that, where when your coach is relaxed, you're relaxed, you're less likely to make that mistake. Obviously, there is a difference between being relaxed, like being too relaxed Sometimes that that also isn't helpful, but it is that moment of you understand what's happening on the game and in the game. But, you know, you go on and it's a close game. You're at 2-2 and you miss an open goal. Don't worry. We'll get another chance. And that next time you're going to put in the goal, it's going to be absolutely fine. Like, it almost doesn't matter type thing. Um, So I think think it's important that coach kind of sets that kind of tone for the team again if you're screaming and shouting because someone makes a mistake or they're not playing the right pass or anything like you're then getting on at them but then if you're doing that then like other players will start doing it as well and and that's not all right as well so yeah like if you're screaming and shouting like players will start screaming and shouting at each other it can create a really negative bad atmosphere and, and that's that kind of part where it does start going downhill and things start happening and, and everyone's getting on at every, each other and that's when you can lose the game. Uh, it was something that I actually learned through work where one of my managers said, mess breeds mess. If something's wrong and something's messy, all that's going to happen is more mess is going to appear, more things are going to be wrong. So if like you're negative and you're screaming and shouting at someone, then everyone else is going to see that that's okay and that that then happened and then 
you get harder on each other and there's there's nothing worse than when you come off from a game, whether you win, lose or draw, and you're angry with everyone around you. That doesn't help. And actually, you see in moments that when it is close, a team that is more relaxed and more positive tends to be the team that, that ends up getting getting three points or getting a win, moving on to the next round or whatever it is that you're competing for. The Half Court Press is a multi-sports media outlet. You can check out our articles, opinion pieces and PDF magazines on our website www.halfcourtpressmagazine.com Game 3 Your favourite game of hockey as a hockey fan? Again, I've not been fortunate enough to see lots of games. A few games again came to mind for me there. I remember going and watching Scotland play at Glasgow Green at the Commonwealth Games. But again, the one I've kind of gone for was the one for me where I was sat and I was watching and I went, I want to do that. I want to be the one on that pitch doing that. And uh, it, it was again in relief playing indoor. At the time, I played for our twos. And I remember going to see our ones play in the final of the National One and it was against Minas Hill, as a lot of that, oh, as most of the time it tended to be at that point. And I remember sitting watching, and I didn't know too much. I didn't really know the players too well. I played against our ones in an East League for when I was playing for the twos, and that was kind of all it kind of was for me. My introduction to our ones at that point had been actually Stevie Dick took a shot in training and bent the bar on my helmet inwards because he fired the ball that hard. So at that time, for me, these were the best players. Like, they were amazing. Everything they did was... I was in completely awe of for every single one of them. At the time, Inverleith Ones had a fantastic team. I think that season was Alan Dick in goal. Adam McKenzie and Graham Moody at the back with Stevie and Dell up top because it was the season of the four outfield players and the goalkeeper. Uh, that was my introduction to indoor, was that year. I remember watching the game and obviously it was the final and I didn't really know too much about it when I was going up to watch. And I remember sitting down and... I can't remember who it was that I was sitting with. I think it was John McCrossan, Stuart Hatton, Jim Hatton, sitting watching the game. I just remember from both teams, like the speed they were playing at, it was very much front stick to front stick. Like when you talk about it, like I just remember as a player and as a coach, like you talk about get your basics right. And that's exactly what it was at that point. Like, it was front stick to front stick passes, but like it wasn't what I'd seen before. It was three times, four times faster. The game was really quick. Minas Hill were doing the thing where they're, every time they got possession, the goalkeeper came off and they put another outfield player on, and I'd never seen anything like that before. It was that game where it was just really close, and um, 
in my head at that point and at that time, like these were superstar indoor players in Scottish hockey. Both teams were the best teams in Scotland. Both had fantastic players. And I remember the goals that were getting scored were just goals I'd never really seen before. Like it just looked so clean from both teams. And in my opinion, they'd really gone on and put on a, a bit of a spectacle in my eyes. And yeah, I just remember, remember Inverleith getting the win. I remember Inverleith winning. I remember just everybody going mad and going loud and everything. And I just remember them winning. And I remember seeing like a few that saved Alan Dick pulled off. And um, even the Minnesota Hill goalkeeper, I can't think who it was at the time. I just remember him being really, really tall. Like his head was just short of touching the crossbar. He nearly needed to duck to go in the goals. Had the zebra helmet on, which I thought was really cool. Uh, wasn't allowed to say that at the time because he was playing for Minas Hill. Uh, and that's a bit of the enemy when it comes to indoor. But yeah, he, he was massive. And just the saves the two of them were pulling off. I just kind of remember thinking, like, I want to do that. I want that to be me. Even like looking at the bench. I think it was Graham Stewart, Jeej. Uh, it was his last season playing indoor for Inverleith. Like he's on the bench and like even witnessing him play, I, again, I was just in complete awe. Like everything looked so, so simple for them. Like it, I, I'm looking at this, like I can barely see the ball and these guys are just like, just making these saves that looked so easy to them and I can't even see the ball. I just remember watching it and being in awe of it. And even from an attacking, attacking-wise, like, Dell looked amazing. Derek Salmon looked unreal. And now playing with him, I know exactly why he looked unreal at that time. And it was because he was just on an outdoor stick. So the ball was on the end of the stick and he just ran straight and you can't take the ball off of him because he, he had the outdoor stick on him. Um, he, he won't mind me saying that, but we take the mick out of Dell now because he's he's deadly from two yards. Um, <laughs> he has kind of he, ha, he has silenced us a little bit this season. He got a top D deflection, which all of us were completely taken back by, including himself. Um, but yeah, like he he's it was brilliant. Like I just remember seeing it and being completely in awe. Stevie as well. Stevie's just unbelievable. Even just now. I'm still a little bit in awe of sometimes some of the things Stevie does. Yeah, like just everything, like it just was so controlled from both teams. And it was, they were just doing the basics so well. And I just never witnessed anything like that before. Um, and I just remember winning and I remember just thinking, I want that to be me. Now, as a hockey fan, and I think I know the answer to this question before I ask it. What do you prefer watching? Outdoor 11 aside or indoor hockey? I think it depends because I, I look at it very differently. So I think if, if no one's ever seen hockey before, outdoor is really good to watch from an understanding point because 11 aside, very similar to kind of football for kind of an understanding point. Like you, you kind of, it, it's very... Not similar because there's obviously differences, but it, it's probably easier to kind of catch on a little bit more. But if you want an absolute, if you just want entertainment, 
I would advise anyone to watch an indoor game. It is end to end. There is so many goals both ways. Sometimes I feel in outdoor, if one team is, is far better than the other, it was very easy to see. Like it's all one sided. Everything's one way. I've played the game where I played for a 16 0. And I imagine to watch, unless you're a Kelburn fan, it was boring and it was just not a nice game to watch. Where indoor, yeah, it doesn't matter how good one team is and how poor another team is, both teams are going to get chances and it's much quicker. And it's just, I think it's more entertaining to watch. But sometimes it can be harder to see or understand why something's happened when it's indoor. So, yeah, for me, I prefer watching indoor, but I do enjoy watching outdoor games. Again, I think something we do have a little bit over football is it's very rare you'll see a nil-nil or 1-1 kind of game, indoor or outdoor. I personally would say watch an indoor game if you want some entertainment and joy. You mentioned a few minutes ago that indoor hockey used to be five-a-sides. It's traditionally and and has since reverted back to six-a-sides. What are your thoughts on this? It's a bit of a hot topic right now, now, hockey five and six-a-sides indoor hockey. What do you prefer and why? So I... My first introduction to hockey was when it was one goalkeeper and four outfield players. So I'd never known the five outfield players and a goalkeeper before. So when they switched it back, which I think was the season after I started playing, it felt weird to me. But actually, I would say I think I prefer the five outfield and a goalkeeper situation or... When you were allowed picking back, say, and Kelburn rock up with six outfield players, one of them being a kicking back, it, it, I think I prefer that as opposed to the four. Why? I think it's I think it's just a comfort thing for me as a player. I think build up slightly nicer, like build up play is slightly nicer, just because most teams play with two at the back, a board player, and two up up top. And I think it allows you to to move the ball into the middle and up, where I think when you were very much, it was two attackers, two defenders, and nothing in between. Yeah, I I agree. There is that extra player, I think, allows for yeah. a, a passing aesthetic. Yeah, it looks a bit nicer. It looks a bit cleaner, where I think I can understand why they tried the four outfield and a goalkeeper, because the chance of scoring was a lot more because it, it did almost become attack versus defence. Like, you had two attackers at one end and two defenders at the other end and it became a bit more almost like basketball unless you played Minas Hill where they took the keeper off and brought, brought an extra player on. Also more chance for the game to break down though as well, isn't there? It is, but I think it looks nicer to watch and it is nicer to play with just the five outfield and the goalkeeper I think there's a little bit more to it in terms of like your rotation and things and where players can be positioned and how to exploit gaps and spaces as opposed to it just being the spaces there play as a hockey fan are there any tournaments that you like watching I enjoyed watching I remember again I've not really watched too much hockey but I 
specifically made a point to watch when Scotland's outdoor team were in the A division more recently. The Euro Hockey Championships A division. Yeah, I enjoyed watching that. It was really good. It was really good to see Scotland compete at that level, but not only kind of play at that level, we we competed is the key word for me. Is like we showed how good we, we are. No game really felt like we went in and it was a walkover. And we showed that, you know what, particularly GB hockey, it's not all just England. And I think us, Wales, we showed that England seemed to be this held top of the table, amazing hockey nation from a GB point of view. And don't get me wrong, club hockey, they, they are ahead of us. But I think that showed there that actually, you know what, Scotland and Wales have come a long way and are starting to show that how good we really are and how good some of our players are. The Half Court Press is now on Patreon. Patreon is a well-known and trusted online platform that allows our fans to support the sports journalism that we create. We offer a tiered subscription plan with more content being made available to our fans who choose to spend a bit more each month. We at the Half Court Press would appreciate any and all support that you wish to contribute towards our articles, podcasts, and interviews. As we begin to wind up, if you could pick one of the three games that we've spoken about. We've spoken about, as a player, getting over over the Grange in the Indoor National League before you won it, won the first division. You've spoken about as a coach for the ladies' team uh, in relief, seeing, reaping the rewards of progression and hard work. And as a fan, we've spoken about the falling of the scales from the eyes, I've seen some role models about, yes, I want, I want to do that. That's where I want to go towards. If you could choose one of these three games, but only one of them, what game would you choose? It's a hard one. Uh, that's, a, that's a hard question. I think now I'm playing at the level, I think kind of, I remember at the time being in all watching the game, but I think now playing it and playing at that level, again, it's still the same level for me. I think that kind of almost negates that one a little bit. But out of those two individual games, I would actually take the coaching one. Really? Just, I remember, like, so again, the reason I picked the game I picked was because it was an individual game for myself that I remember. For me, I, as uh, Stu, my coach, puts it, I am a club man. I will do anything for the club and I will do anything for anyone in my team or anyone in the club. Uh, and for me, getting to see women progress so much and kind of what it meant to them and everything, I think that's what kind of tipped it for me. As an individual, I'll know I'll go on and I'll play games. I'm fortunate enough that I play in a club where I can compete for titles and everything like that. But for me that actually it's not about titles it's not about 
how good you maybe are as an individual. It's about a team and a club, and it's about kind of everything as a whole as opposed to just one thing. So I, I think for me, it is coaching. Uh, that coaching out of that those three games, that is the coaching game for me because I saw what it kind of meant to, to a lot of the girls. As some of them are, it's their first season playing indoor and they're playing at this level already. The ones that have been there before when there wasn't even a chance of winning against a Dundee Wanderers team to also, that's the first one of the season and it meant a lot to Sean and I, just as coaches, that we finally got that first win, kind of that validation that what we're trying to do with the women's team is, is correct. And to do it against such a, a good club and a good team and how much the women enjoyed it uh, and how much I enjoyed it as well. Like, it, it was it was great because, yeah, it felt like I had been there playing and I'd won it. Like, yeah, I, when you're at the side and, you, and you're coaching, you sometimes feel like you're the one playing every pass and, and making every shot, um, despite the fact you're not the one actually doing it. So, yeah, I would definitely say that out of those three, it would be the coaching one. I think that's my favourite answer so far of the series. Now, Greg, I have a magic wand. I am going to make you the head of the International Hockey Federation, the FIH, for one day and one day only. You can make one decision to improve hockey. What one thing would you change about hockey to make it better? That's, that is a... That's a lot of power that I probably shouldn't be given uh, or be allowed to have. Um, I don't know. One thing to improve hockey. It's a hard one. I think for me to improve hockey, sometimes for, to improve any sport, sometimes maybe you, you do need to look at other, other sports and take on board what other sports are doing. I think for us particularly, I think, grassroots should be a massive focus and I think every country every club every school should put a focus on grassroots uh, across every sport because I sometimes feel like it's good to have idols it's good to have players at the very top but sometimes a little bit too much focus can go into what they're doing as opposed to what an under 14s team or an under 8s team or something's doing I think for me would be that I probably would just make sure every club and every nation's focusing on grassroots hockey because let's be honest, a lot of memories come from when you're playing younger. I unfortunately didn't get those kind of days. I was 13 when I started playing hockey and I started playing adult hockey at 14. So I was already thrown straight into the deep end. Uh, there wasn't really much for youth hockey when I was starting out that I knew of and then grew out from there playing for other clubs and stuff. So I think a massive focus, particularly I think from at my point, it would have been schools doing a, a little bit more. I was fortunate that my school has produced some national one level players. What school's that? I was at Pennycook High School. So the likes of Aidan McCrossan went on and, and played for Scotland who's he just played in France, literally just saw him yes, uh, two days ago, I think it was. His brother was, play, like, he's played at Edinburgh Uni, his brother's played at Edinburgh Uni in National 1, his brother's played for Watsonians in National 1, like, the, we've produced a, a few good players, 
if I'm being honest, that was down to a lot of, of work from uh, John McCrossin, someone that I, I can never thank enough for everything he did for me in hockey. But I know, particularly at my point going through East District and stuff, is that there was a massive focus on private schools and they obviously have far more money and everything that they had a massive focus on hockey where like my school apart from actually playing for the hockey club at the school it was never anything hockey was never anything I only got into hockey because my mate played hockey so that's the only reason I played hockey if he'd never played hockey I, I probably wouldn't have and I wouldn't have got on on to experience what I've experienced in hockey name and shame him uh, his name is Mark Wilton. He doesn't actually play hockey anymore. But no, if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't have ever even thought of picking up a stick. So, yeah, grateful to him for, for getting me involved and grateful to John McCrossin for everything he did. And I actually, again, saw John two days ago congratulating me on playing for Scotland. And uh, I, honestly, if it wasn't for him, I would never have even considered or even come close to, to doing the things that I've done. So I, I do think grassroots, a big focus on that for me. Last question. Why are you a hockey fan? I just love sport. I love all kinds of sport, if I'm being honest. I'm, I'm a bit of a sport nerd. I will sit and watch your poor football games. I'll sit and watch low-level hockey games. I I just I just like sport. I just like seeing people enjoy themselves. Again, just a day I played for our twos at home and we played at Edinburgh Academy. No, actually, sorry, I played for our threes. I played at centre back. Free rain, right? I just went off on one. Um I was playing centre back for our threes. I turned up, played, enjoyed playing with the threes. Unfortunately we lost. But then I stuck around and then watched the ladies threes play the net in their game and then their game finished and I, I went and watched the development play their game. I just enjoy watching. I just enjoy sport. I'm quite an analytical person. Like I'll see if a team like that you're playing against doing something or I'll see something that you're doing that you need to maybe change, whether it be as a team or an individual. So yeah, I just enjoy watching, just enjoy it and yeah, you get those moments where you can watch something and you can see a moment of brilliance, whether it be in the top leagues, whether it's in the Bundesliga in Germany or whether it's down in England or in the Netherlands at their top leagues or even down to little things. Like I remember playing for the threes and I remember one of the boys playing and I, I turned and I went, he should play twos next like he, he, needs, he should be playing threes. Still going to benefit from playing in the threes, absolutely, but he's getting to that twos level where he needs to be training with the twos and stuff and just seeing players grow, just little thing. Yeah, I just enjoy, it sounds really weird, but like I just enjoy watching improvement and progression, whether it be a player or a team. I remember playing against a 15-year-old Ewan Mackey when I was playing at Eskvale, he was playing for Inverley threes to we were stood next to each other playing national one indoor, me 22 and him 18 or 19. And he is just a fantastic player now. Like 
seeing him, he was a great, he was a fantastic 15-year-old to, he was away to play in the Netherlands and in Amsterdam and getting to see him from, from that, those early kind of days to him getting that opportunity is fantastic. I've met a lot of people through hockey. Sean Stewart's a great example. Again, played against each other, played in the same team as each other from, from a very young age to like what we started in each district together at like under 15s level to now we've both got to play together in indoor for Scotland. I just enjoy getting to see players grow, whether it be in football or hockey, getting to see teams improve. Yeah, I just like, I just love sport. Greg McKenzie of Inverleaf Hockey Club and the Scottish National Indoor Team. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been a Half Court Press production by Teo McLeod. If you have enjoyed this show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook.